On your mark. Get set. Go! You are listening to Ken LaVica Live. What? Did we just become best friends? Yup. You want to go do karate in the garage? Yup. Turn it up. Turn it up. Now, live from the Anajar and Levine Accident Attorney Studios, it's Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 1063. That feels better. Now we can officially start the show. Consider the show started. All right. So anyways, we can cut the music. It's fine. You can just cut. Thank you. All right. So uh, we uh, at 445, we get this EAS test. Again, a test of the emergency broadcast service uh, all through the state of Florida. I thought it was just here. I thought it was just Palm Beach County, Treasure Coast, Broward County, Miami-Dade. This was the whole damn state. This was a statewide test at 445 in the morning. Let's go around the horn here. Uh, who got woken up by it in this Anna John Levine accident and turning studio? I did not. The alert showed up on my phone, but... I don't have uh, the sound. It didn't. It didn't do them ah, ah, like it would do normally for an Amber Alert or or uh, something weather related. It also didn't do it when I was stuck in that flood in Fort Lauderdale last Wednesday. I got the alert, uh, life threatening flooding, but it didn't make a sound. So I looked at my phone and saw it. But it, I don't know if I have the setting turned off on my phone. If I do. It happened on accident, or my Android just sucks, one of the two, but I'm glad the Android sucks if it was that, because that didn't wake me up. I wake up early, but 450, 445, that's still a little early for me. I didn't get woken up by it. You, Jeanette, were you woken up by the EAS test this morning? Yes, and upset, because I always have my phone loud in case my mom calls in the middle of the night. My sister, she's obviously deployed, not obviously, Mm. but she's deployed right now. So I have my phone loud at all times in the evening just in case somebody reaches out and I can be there. So I flipped out. (laughs) I jumped, and I probably, like, turned three times, and I looked at my dog like, oh, my God. I literally, like, sat up in my bed. Well, that's the thing, because you don't know. There's so many people at 4.45 in the morning that are still in deep sleep. You don't know where you are. You're trying to figure out where your phone is. You're, like, feeling for your dresser. It was all of that, and my mind was like, oh, my gosh, this is why I have my phone this loud. Somebody needs my help. I am freaking out. And then I read this text message, and I was like, are you freaking kidding me right now? I looked at Barkley, said a couple words I cannot say on air, chugged a glass of water, turned around, passed out again. (laughs) So you got back to sleep. Yes, for a solid two hours. Uh, Stone, were you awoken by the the EAS test that the state of Florida Emergency Management Division scheduled at 4.45 a.m. Eastern Time? I was not. I was not woken what? up from my slumber. I did not hear it. I did not know this was a thing until I started my drive to work and saw it on social media. Really? It didn't even pop up on your phone? Didn't have anything on my phone. Didn't hear anything. Do you have a flip phone? How is that even possible? I have no idea. I can go back to my notifications, but I did not know this was a thing until maybe an hour and a half ago, two hours ago. Really? I am more I don't shocked. know if that's safe, actually. <laughs> yeah. Check your, check your notifications, see if you got it, because I also know that you have so many Twitter accounts that are set to to pop up on your phone. I don't know why he does it. You can set up Twitter uh, if you don't follow, if you don't use Twitter, and bless you if you don't use Twitter. You can set up certain accounts. Anytime they tweet, it pops up on your phone as a notification. And I have a bunch of push notifications like New York Post, New York Times, uh, Palm Beach Post, all that stuff. But I mean, I clearly got 
the alert. Stone, I could see you getting the alert lost in all the nonsense that comes to your phone every four seconds. Yeah, so that's the question I have. If it is going, eh, eh, or whatever noise it makes, if I had a notification, does it silence that? No, I don't think so. I mean, this is something that's supposed to override everything. Now, you, there's settings on your phone where you can turn off the notifications, um, emergency broadcast notifications, but I thought the actual physical notification still showed up on the phone. And I think it would be conducive to still have that notification on the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, so interesting. Interesting. Now, do you remember ever going to your settings, though, and turning off the EAS capabilities? Because that is a thing if you go to settings, no matter if it's an iPhone or an Android. You know, I can go check, but no, it's not something that I remember. But I, I, I would venture to say that with my Avalanche notifications that I typically wake up to, <laughs> it just got, yeah, it just it got, got lost. It got the, lost. But the way It's ever- like, asteroid hurtling to Earth, take imminent cover. And Stone's like... Oh, Max Scherzer got ejected. <laughs> this new Call podcast. That's exactly. Kid, child kidnapped oh, in Broward old, County. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, mass kidnapping, Broward County. Stone's like, oh, I just got the notification about the Oilers game. Beefsteak <laughs> podcast posted a new reel. <laughs> right, right. Bussing with the boys is up. Cool. Uh, I am more shocked because... I thought the EA, the purpose of the EAS notifications was to just pop up on your screen no matter what. Because it happened to me when I was driving to get my car during the flood. I just got the notification pop up when I entered Broward right. County uh, right. driving towards the Because it can be it can be geo targeted. Yes, and not even that, but like so I have my notifications I put my phone on on sleep mode. Um so the EAA still popped up despite sleep mode on an iPhone. And it's updated. It's iPhone 13. I don't know, whatever. So maybe you guys need to update your technology. Oh, what a flex. But it's iPhone 13. I get the emergency you notifications. You want another flex? I don't pay for it. But <laughs> aren't there iPhone 14s out there? Flex. There are iPhone 14s out but there. But still, it's like. You- but my, my point in this is I thought the EAS system was supposed to like supersede all of it. Yeah, apparently like if you can turn it die, off. If you're going to die, you're going to know right. because of this notification. No, you, can, you can turn it off, apparently. But here's the problem now is because of what happened today, and what I do find funny is, um, is Governor Ron, he has, he has come out and he is upset. He is not happy at all. Let me read the tweet. I also, by the way, reached out to the, I'm about to pull a, a Stephen A here, because yesterday Stephen A made sure to tell us on first take, I reached out to the NBA league office talking about the Draymond Green suspension. I was on the phone with the league office this morning. Well, me? I was emailing the Florida Division of Emergency Management this morning. And want to know how Stone knows? Because I CC'd him on it. I was trying to get a guest to come on and explain themselves why an emergency test was sent out at 4.45 in the morning. Uh, Actually, do you want to hear from her first or do you want to hear from the governor first? Because I did get a response back from the Division of Emergency Management in the state of Florida, and this is not a joke. I am doing my due diligence for you, the people of Palm Beach County and the Treasure Coast. I am getting answers for you, the people inconvenienced by the state of Florida. Let's go DeSantis first. DeSantis first. Okay, let's go to Ron. So uh, Ron was not happy, okay? And so here's our here's our, our fearless governor uh, who uh, made sure to let everybody know, not my fault. Uh, so here is the here is the statement from uh, from the gov. Here we go. I've ordered Florida Division of Emergency Management Director Kevin Guthrie to bring swift accountability for the test of the emergency alert system in the wee hours of the morning. This was a completely inappropriate use of this system. Stay tuned. 
That's Ron DeSantis. Now, by the way, Ron still hasn't made a public comment about the flooding or the gas shortage in South Florida, but I digress. At least he addressed this. Here's here's, uh, Alicia Collins. Uh, Alicia Collins, who is the public communications director. By the way, how do you think her job's going today? Oh, I For mean, the uh, Department of Emergency Management in Florida, I bet her job today, not fun. She's not having a fun day. But she responded to you. That's incredible. She did. I, I, I will say, I was really impressed with the fact <laughs> that she responded to me. Again, like, I, you've got, I'm sure you've got uh, Tampa Bay Times. Uh, you've got Orlando Sentinel. Miami Herald, Sun Sun Sentinel, Palm Beach Post. You've got all these newspapers, these big media organizations reaching out to her, and she took the time to answer ESPN West Palm. (laughs) ESPN (laughs) West Palm with a direct request for a guest to talk about the early EAS test. Like that... That's a good job on her part. Like, that is really impressive on her part. There's a pessimistic side of me that wants to play the idea that she's loving this attention and she's probably like, oh my God, my job is getting recognition. Because whenever, when when does anybody talk about the EAS system? Right. Well, think about her week too. So it's been all like flooding response and media requests (laughs) about the flooding and then the gas shortage. And now there's a 4.50 a.m. EAS test. I'll get that in a second because in a shocking turn of events here on what's been a banner day for technology here at ESPN West Palm, I can't get into my email. So anyways, um, (laughs) what I want to know though, what I'm curious about is were you woken up? By the emergency test this morning at 4.45 a.m., were you woken up by this thing? And if so, did you get... Jesus, God. Uh, what other what other alarms the do we PTSD. have? PTSD. What other alarms? No, I, I'll uh, sleep through that. You'd sleep through that? I'd sleep through that. What about... See, oh, no. but then it does oh, that. Oh, hell no. Yeah. That's how that goes. No, I wake up angry. What other alarms do we have, by the way? Oh, that's a phone one, right? Oh, night-night. Now, I used to have an alarm clock that made wave sounds, like waves, like the ocean. I don't know why that's even an option. It's what? supposed to wake you up gently, but I'm sleeping right through that <laughs> thing, man. I'm probably peeing in the bed. Sleeping harder. <laughs> I am dreaming for like... <laughs> what else do we have in the old alarm arsenal here? This is the one... Oh, God. That's cute. That one's cute. Now, the first one we I played is the more... <laughs> cruise ship... <laughs> oh, that's, I mean, that's just a ticking clock. And, and right there. Is this is the one you, when you uh, jailbreak your phone, you get the illegal one, you get the Super Mario version. That's a phone one? Yeah. Oh, that's an 80s ballad ready to pop off. That's actually pretty sick. I love it. I'm into that. I'm ready to they start the day. They should put that as old music. Yeah. Um, were you woken up by the emergency alert Where this is, morning? You're, you're terrible at picking alarms. The alarm was like, ah, 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 but that's the alarm I need to wake up if I'm going to do that. Like the annoying, grating, blast your brains out alarm is what I need to go with. Uh, the the traditional alarm clock, like the one that's sitting here, six nuts to your bed, and you it's got the two bells on it, like that one. Uh-uh. It doesn't exist anymore. It doesn't exist anymore. I and unless someone just has a relic. Were you woken up this morning? At 4.45 a.m. If so, did you get back to sleep? If you couldn't get back to sleep, what did you do instead? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. I didn't wake up for it. I actually, my alarm was set to go off, though, at 5.05 a.m. So, Daddy can get that work in. Not like that. 
Um, actually, oh, working oh out. yeah, <laughs> baby. Five oh five every morning. Like, you schedule, baby. Wake up. It's time. <laughs> I didn't mean for it to sound like that's, that. I meant that's workout time. I have more it questions is, than I, it's cardio. Technically. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you know what time it is. Daddy's up. Ocean sounds come uh, on. Yeah. Turn on the waves. <laughs> the tide is in. Uh, so, uh, my tide no. rising. <laughs> my tide is rising. It's high tide, baby. Um, no, I meant that I, I work out at that time. That wasn't good. Uh, cardio? But, uh, it's cardio time, right. Uh, so Jeanette, Jeanette got woken up by this alarm, drank a glass of water, and actually went back to sleep. Stone didn't even know this was happening until he got in the car. He had no. He didn't even get the EAS test. So if we were going to get struck by some sort of galactic object, he'd be screwed. He'd have no idea it's time to take cover. Got to check Twitter. He'd be swept away by the tidal wave. He'd be done. He would be completely what is wiped Baker out. What Mayfield up to today? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> asteroid, boom. Yeah, let, let me check my daily <laughs> Baker Mayfield newsletter. Bam! Uh, were you woken up at 4.45 a.m. by this EAS test? Were you able to go back to sleep? What did you do if you weren't able to go back to sleep? 888-760-3776, 888-760-3776, and on Twitter, at KLV1063. Now, uh, Brian McLovin Rowitz, who is our Raiders and Wrestling Insider here on uh, ESPN1063 and on Ken Levick Alive, he tweets, some people were already waking up to get Disney annual passes, so it wasn't a big deal. So that's what he was doing. That's great. Already up at 4.45 <gasps> in the morning. Maybe Disney did this on purpose with everything that's going on. <laughs> Disney up. was like, we're going to make more money off of this. Get your annual passes. Good morning. If you don't have it already, go. Um, Not a bad conspiracy theory. Also, too, it had me thinking about what the most alarming thing I've recently heard or seen in sports is. And may I present to you Dylan Brooks of the Memphis Grizzlies. Memphis 103, the Lakers 93 yesterday in game two of that Western Conference playoff series to even things up at a game apiece. And I want you to listen to Dylan Brooks, who has taken on full Seth Rollins, MJF wrestling heel personality. Dylan Brooks going right at the GOAT, going right at LeBron and insulting the all-living hell out of him. Here is Dylan Brooks of the Grizzlies. You and LeBron have that exchange. There are people out there that say maybe maybe you shouldn't do that with one of the better players in the game. What, I guess what, what were you thinking? Of I don't care. He's old. <laughs> I don't care. He's you know old. I, mean? I was waiting for that. I was expecting him to do that game four, game five. He wanted to say something when I got my fourth foul. Um, he shouldn't have seen that earlier on. Um, but, you know, I pulled Bears. Um... I don't respect no one until they come and give me 40. Um, so um, I pride myself on you know, what I do is defense and taking on any challenge that's on the board. So Dylan Brooks on LeBron, straight up said verbatim, uh, he's old. I like to poke bears. I only respect him if they drop 40 on me. Like he's, he's poking at LeBron. What are you doing, man? And I get Dylan Brooks has taken on this, I'm a bad dude. I'm going to go out and disrespect everybody. That role, he is a wrestling heel. He is the wrestling heel of the NBA. But going after LeBron when you split at home, 
the opening two games of your playoff series, I'm not sure that that's a great idea. It seems, oh, I don't know, counterproductive to me. LeBron, someone's going at LeBron like that. I've never heard of anything like that before. Nobody's ever gone at LeBron like that verbally. And for that, I kind of love it. So you're into that. I'm into it. I think that's alarming. I think that's bad news for the Grizzlies. I I don't care if he's old. I would never, ever, ever try and trigger LeBron like that. I've seen too many all-world performances from that guy. And I'm talking to you, Celtics, after he's been talked about or disrespected where he just drops bombs on your head. And maybe this is what LeBron needs, a little wake-up call. He needs one of the – this is his EAS alarm. Like, okay, LeBron, you need to go off. He has not been good in this series. people are calling you out. He's 38 years old. So, Dylan Brooks is not wrong, but – No, but it was a disrespectful – I don't care, he's old. And this goes – I forgot who said it like a couple weeks ago that they're not scared of LeBron James anymore. It was a plethora of people, but that was Mario Chalmers. That's, yes. Who then spoke about not being scared. But hey, Dylan Brooks, if you want 40, you're going to get your 40. Some way or another. There's no doubt LeBron's going for 40 in game three, right? Like, it has to happen. At the crib as well. Like, they're going back home. This is Saturday night in Crypto Arena. Like, it's going down. This is is an opportunity to speak to what Jeanette just said. He hasn't had a moment like this in a while. Mm -hmm. He hasn't had a, a legacy game quite some time now. It's been, I think, since he was maybe in the bubble, maybe since the last time he wore a mask. He hasn't had somebody set himself Which, up. Which was two, two to three years ago. Right. He hasn't had somebody set him up this well. I, I don't understand. I mean, I guess what Dylan Brooks is trying to do is talk himself into and trying to inspire teammates like, hey, we got we to gotta come off with that swag. We've got to show that we ain't scared but to go at LeBron like that, I don't care. He's old. I, I I'm I like to poke the bear. I don't respect anybody till they drop forty on me, bro. Like we know how this is going to end now. Like we know how this is going to end now. I don't see any other outcome than LeBron going for forty in Game Three, <laughs> and he hasn't been good in this series. Let him continue to not be good. Why do? That, because he's going to be hunting for fouls. He's going to be attacking the rim. He's going to live at the free throw line. This was dumb. This was dumb. I think Stone has had way too much of an influence on you. You no. are defending LeBron. I understand that. Right but I've now. seen LeBron go into full villain mode. Yeah. And again, Celtics fans, you know what I'm talking about. This seems like a terrible idea. You're tempting fate when you do something like that. I fully believe in people like LeBron, all-time greats. They can use anything to fuel themselves, any perceived disrespect. This was outright disrespect. This seems like a miserable idea. And if you're LeBron James, even though the entire world already watches you play basketball, you know everybody's tuning into this. This is appointment TV, which ultimately is Dylan Brooks's goal in all of this, right? It's that WWE in him that you talk about. But LeBron James knows now that he has to stage and the ball is in his court, no pun intended. Like, this is a good opportunity for LeBron to kind of shake that rust off or kind of get that rhythm back because they're 1-1 going back to crypto, going back to L.A. This is beautifully set up for LeBron James. On a day where the vast majority of us were woken up at 4.45 a.m. by an emergency test sent to all of our phones from Key West to Tallahassee, from Pensacola to West Palm. Orlando. Orlando. Jacksonville. 
Uh, yes, the entire state is what we're meaning to say. On a morning where we were woken up at 4.45 a.m., what's the most alarming thing you've recently seen or heard in sports? And for me, it's Dylan Brooks popping off on LeBron, of all people. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. So for you, Jeanette, you're, you're into it. You think like, all right, like this is good. Keep it up, Dylan Brooks. I love it. Play the villain part and definitely go. Somebody... Um, there's definitely, I think we're seeing the like the tail of LeBron James' career, but nobody wants to admit it. Nobody wants to accept it, including LeBron well, James. Well, I don't think there's so any I'm doubt about it. I'm loving how everybody is like calling him out in this. Well, they, yeah, we know he's in the twilight of his career, but he's still capable of putting up 40 in a playoff game and getting going. Capable, but when was the last time he did it? Like, there needs to be a point where everybody needs to be real about LeBron James, and it's nice that people are coming out. He's- and you got young guys saying, you know what? He ain't it anymore. He's done it, and he's had his dosage of 40-point games this year. But Yeah, but we're, what about the playoffs? That's though? what I'm Jeanette's saying. Point, we haven't seen him do that in the playoffs because he hasn't been in the playoffs. Right, he hasn't been in the playoffs, but there's one thing that— Which adds more to that conversation. But I also don't want to wake up playoff LeBron. <laughs> right, and there's one thing that I think you're neglecting to even think about, Jeanette, in a spot like this. LeBron James' teammates know what's about to happen. If you don't think that they're going to set him up, if you don't think that right. they want— to, to arrange like, a bad things to happen for Dylan Brooks on that court on Saturday night, that's what you have to think about here because it's Austin Reese. It's all of these guys on the court, Anthony Davis, who are going to— You're yeah, going to see a, a, a higher percentage of pick and rolls. You're going to see a higher percentage of three-point shots taken from LeBron James. Like They're going to make sure that he gets his 40. I guess— I don't think so. I know so. I don't think LeBron so. LeBron James Go ahead and mark so. this because I have a feeling we're going to revisit this uh, Monday. <laughs> Woo! I don't think so because they've had a whole season to do it. There was a point we were talking about the Lakers maybe making it into the playing competition. They did. They, they got did. in. I know, but like there was that conversation. Oh, yeah, like, the, the fact maybe. that we even had that conversation. Exactly. You're right, you're right, right, right. They were the worst team in the West for how long? And now because somebody decides to talk poop on LeBron James, they want to set him well, up for success? The, the, Lakers are, the Lakers are a formidable team at this point. It's much different than they were in December. They're right? favored to get out of this series. Right. So, so all I'm saying is that in a sane person's mind, and Dylan Brooks is not sane, okay? But if you want to win this series and you've got a banged-up John Morant with his hand injury, why in the world would you even tempt fate? I'm with you, Jeanette, that LeBron is in the twilight of his career. He still says, I'll play four or five years. I'm sure it's in his mind he will. That's fine. But he's not the same LeBron. He's older. He's slower. He's clunkier. Yes. But why would you tempt fate, especially after... splitting at home against this Lakers team where it wasn't LeBron who killed you. It was Austin Reeves who took your backside. Why would you tempt fate to even, even try to inspire a vintage LeBron hitting from 35 feet, LeBron driving to the rim, LeBron living at the free throw line, vintage 40 point playoff performance. Why would you even try to tempt that tease him, poke him? Why? This reminds me of Tom Brady. 
And Stone, you teed me up with this because you were playing Tom Brady Super Bowl Tampa Bay Buccaneers highlights. But remember when everybody was like, Tom Brady's back, Super Bowl wins. And everybody, he came back and, and me, I'm Tom Brady number one fan. Tom Brady, he's, we're still going to get into playoffs. Oh my gosh, we're going to beat him. And then the Rams, what happened? The Rams, boom. Yeah. Cut by the first playoff game, Cowboys last season. That one still hurts. But there comes to a there comes a moment where you look at these goats and you just have to recognize and be honest, they ain't it anymore. But, and if this is the motive, and Tom but Brady, you can realize that, that without calling them out. Tom Brady is that guy. You call him out, and what is he going to do? He's going to get you a ring. He's going to win the game. He's going to come back for Dylan Brooks. Rightfully did what he. I believe him. I trust him and uh. his words. Oh. And if this is what it takes for LeBron <laughs> oh. James to finally go off, then you know what? Dylan Brooks did him a favor. I, I just, again, just leave it alone. Let LeBron be barely above average and try and win the playoff series that way instead of opening your mouth. I don't know the point. I, I don't know the point of that. And, but it's him just trying to, he's, he's, he's adopted this wrestling persona, and he's just trying to feed his brand. He doesn't help his team by doing anything like that. He's averaged 30. This year, Jeanette. So the guy can put the ball in the basket. Mm-hmm. I think and, he's and, the only and, person and, on the Lakers who and, can do that. And at 38 years old, he has formed into more of a facilitator while still averaging 30. Right. So he's going to do less we'll facilitating, more taking it to the rim, and I think it's going to be bad. He is absolutely capable of putting up a 40 ball on Dylan Brooks. He is absolutely capable, and now... It almost feels like, because I know LeBron's history, I expect it now. Now, Jeanette might be right, and I'll acknowledge it. Everything you just said, if he sucks on Saturday. But if he drops a 40 ball, it's going to be a big fat told you so. And Dylan Brooks screwed up. Okay. He screwed up. If you're experiencing foot and ankle pain, need to see an expert in the field. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has a team of foot and ankle orthopedic surgeons and specialists who are regarded as leaders in their specialty. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare to learn more today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care combines its resources of experienced physicians, leading edge treatments, and technology to provide advanced orthopedic foot and ankle, joint replacement, spine, and sports medicine care. Visit baptisthealth.net slash orthocare for more information today. Baptist Health Orthopedic Care has offices conveniently located in Palm Beach County through the Florida Keys. Learn more by visiting baptisthealth.net slash orthocare. Dylan Brooks calling out LeBron. He's old. I don't respect anybody until they drop 40 on me. That's alarming. I think it's a bad decision. On a day where we were woken up by the state of Florida at 4.45 a.m., whether we liked it or not, what's the most alarming thing you've recently seen or heard in sports? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. What was alarming to me last night as well? Uh, the Heat trying to play defense. No. <laughs> 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominic Queen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken Levick Alive on ESPN 1063. Don't can I uh it's a special alarm version of Ken Levick Alive where we celebrate all of the annoying alarm clocks and noises, whether it's clock or phone, that wake us up on a regular basis because the state of Florida did it for us today on our phones at 4.45 in the morning. You want to alarm me? 
is so the wrong alarm. Old, tried and true, actual alarm clock. You know what I think when I hear that too is like the old cartoons with the alarm clock where it's just bouncing on a table (laughs) and then you hit it. Yeah, you smash it. Ah, the good old days. I always had just a, a clock radio alarm. It would just beep. It would just be the beeping. That's it. I had one, but then I grabbed it and I threw it across the room and really? I never had one again. Um, one more alarm just for bleeps and giggles. Or can we do a different alarm? Can we expand our horizons? It needs to be more aggressive. Maybe digital. It's oh, there not it is. aggressive at all. No, that one's good because what I'll it does, me. that's like the small hey! little. <laughs> oh. It was starting. That's a music beat. That's like the, the little tiny digital alarm clock that you, you travel with. That's what that sounded like. Uh, we've been asking, what's the most alarming thing that you've seen or heard in sports recently? Mine was the um, mine was the fact that Dylan Brooks is calling out old LeBron James. Just calling him out. I cannot believe he did that in a 1-1 series. Cannot believe that that he did that. We're also, I'm also curious, if you got woken up by the state of Florida at 445, did you go back to sleep? Did you go back to sleep? If you didn't, what did you do? American Burrow tweets in, I had a wank. <sighs> oh. Do you think the state of Florida in that case? <laughs> My God. I mean, And did you why? go back to sleep after that? Of course. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Maybe that's, that's, that's what I'm saying. You can't hate the strategy. Like, why? Why? Why was that necessary? Uh, I have a lot of questions. Aaron tweets in, I rolled over, got another 15 minutes of sleep before waking up to walk the dog. See, at that point, the 15 minutes additional is just counterproductive. 15 minutes for a nap is okay, but continuing to sleep for 15 minutes, that ain't doing it. I feel like my dog would have been pissed. I would have been so... uh, You just wake up more tired in that spot. Um, Fort Pierce Westwood head football coach Chris Coquel, I got up to pee and then went back to bed. Very productive people who listen I'm to the show. I'm sorry I asked the question. <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry I asked the question. Had a wank is an all-time response. That is just, I mean, why? Why? And, but then the additional question, you go back to sleep after that? Uh, yeah. Not only that, but That's like, part of it. how did your mind part, lead to that Part situation? of the process, right. It's part of the process. Uh, so, so I, I want to make sure, I want to make sure that we stay on track, though. What was the most alarming thing you've seen or heard? And by the way, in the break, saw something that could have major ramifications for college football down here. This is actually a major, major, major potential story. We'll get to it in a second. But let's go to Roy in Boynton. Roy on Ken LeVick Alive. Roy, were you woken up by the state of Florida this morning at 445? (laughs) Well done, Roy. The, um... I think the alarm went off 25 minutes late. I think you guys at partiers know that today is 420, uh-huh. right? Oh, so you were up already partaking. <laughs> Time to wake and bake, baby. <laughs> uh, so wait, so wait, on 420, do you actually set an alarm for 420 a.m.? Because it just seems like that is that doesn't necessarily jive with the type of person that <laughs> celebrates 420. <laughs> No, I know. It was funny. I had to get up early anyway to drive my wife up to PBI. She's a flight attendant. Oh, nice. So uh, it was. there was no going back to sleep. It's like playing the uh, playing the day from the way back keys at the golf course. <laughs> yep, yep. No, absolutely. What is, what is an alarming thing, something that's alarmed you in sports recently, Roy? 
You know, it, it was alarming to me how uh, little national attention and respect the uh, the FAU Owls got and how for real they were. Really enjoyed the ride you took us on the whole way from winning the tournament. Really enjoyable. Appreciate you, Roy. Thank you. And I, I think that as the tournament went on, the nation finally learned about FAU and finally knew FAU. And FAU has become a much more household name because of the Final Four run. But I, I do appreciate that. And that is uh, that's something that's still being celebrated. Had a, a jam-packed celebration, Meisner Amphitheater last night in Boca. FAU, uh, the basketball team, got the key to the city. That's good stuff. So it's still being celebrated. It hasn't gone away. The luster hasn't worn off. I'm so happy for those guys and, uh, and, and so happy for those kids. Um, I want to read something from the Miami Herald. I suppose this is breaking news brought to you by St. Lucie Battery and Tire. Is that is that a fair assessment that this is still ongoing, still breaking here, Stone? Yeah, 100%. Not the breaking news that uh, we'd hope for, but mm. yeah, nonetheless, breaking news. What if I told you Mm-mm. that there are rumors, but but strong, potentially substantiated rumors that Tyler Van Dyke is no longer going to be the University of Miami starting quarterback. And one of the major suitors is Nick Saban and Alabama. Seems wild, right? Seems wild. And I saw this for the first time on the Canes 247 message boards this morning. I didn't think much of it. But we have a source that is very locked into the Miami Football Athletics Department who basically told us, hey, if you guys want to talk about it on your show, I assure you that there is a lot to it. It's not just speculation that there is substance to this. Think about this, Jeanette. Tyler Van Dyke, a guy who two years ago, he is a, a, a first-round draft talent by any measure. And now here we sit. After last season, Mario Cristobal, who Miami tracked and paid and made him one of the richest coaches in the sport, and what could potentially be a, about to happen? Tyler Van Dyke leaving Miami after spring ball going into the 2023 season. Think about just how significant that might be for Miami. It is significant in Miami in all the bad ways. All the bad ways. There's no positive way to spin this at all. And to me, it unfortunately puts a bow on Mario Cristobal's career so far at UM. So much expectation, so much hype, so much money put into him Mm -hmm. and the organization. And now you're going to have this incredible starting QB leave, and for, I would assume, is a toxic environment? Well, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know the exact reasons he's leaving, but here's from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald, okay? Miami Hurricanes quarterback Tyler Van Dyke is weighing whether to enter the transfer portal because he and his camp are, quote, frustrated with the total value of his NIL deals at UM and of substantial offers from other schools, Kane Sport reported today. Two friends of Van Dyke contacted by the Herald did not dispute that report. Drew Rosenhaus, who handles Van Dyke's NIL deals, declined to comment. Meanwhile, UM benefactor John Ruiz, who's been financing the vast majority of NIL deals involving UM players, said a report of Van Dyke's unhappiness is, quote, news to me. Van Dyke has had a deal with Ruiz's life wallet, but Ruiz indicated that Van Dyke hasn't made any recent requests for more money. 
Kane Sport reported that collectives representing multiple schools have approached Van Dyke via Rosenhaus Sports with sizable offers and said one of those schools is believed to be Alabama. Football players are permitted to enter the transfer portal during two windows each year. The second of those windows began April 15th and ends April 30th. If Van Dyke departs, that would be devastating to the Hurricanes and leave Miami without an established quarterback. Second-year player to Curry Brown, whose accuracy has been inconsistent, and freshman Emery Williams are the only other quarterbacks on scholarship. That's from Barry Jackson of the Miami Herald. Stone, in a word, how would you classify last year's Miami football season? Abysmal. It's a good word. That's a very good word. I did it's not expect really that really well done. Stone. And that oh, was not no. a setup. He had that off the top of the <laughs> dome. That was good. <laughs> I would say embarrassment. And my point was during the college football season and at the end of the football season, and you remember the Stone and Jeanette, you remember this, that Mario Cristobal and the coaching staff can say rebuild all they want. Rebuild, 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 rebuild. When Mario Cristobal took the job, I didn't hear the word rebuild at all until they started losing, until they lost to Middle Tennessee State, until the losses started to pile up. I didn't hear rebuild until calamity started to befall the program. That last home game, that senior day, senior night, who was it against again? I believe it was Pitt. It was Pitt, where there were, and you counted them, like 12 Students in the student section. They didn't even run buses from campus because there wasn't enough interest to go to the game. Oh, but it was it was it was holiday break and it was, it was just excuses across the board. No, 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 no. If the Canes were relevant, if the Canes were competitive, there'd be plenty of students who wanted to go to the game at Hard Rock Stadium. I was not impressed with Mario Cristobal. Year one didn't do anything that suggested to me that he had an actual functioning plan for this football team, despite all the big bucks that he got paid in the cross-country flight to lure him to Coral Gables, back to his alma mater. I was not impressed by Mario Cristobal. I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this very clearly right now. If Tyler Van Dyke transfers out of Miami, if Tyler Van Dyke doesn't play for the Canes in 2023, if Tyler Van Dyke decides that going elsewhere is a better decision for him, the clock is ticking on Mario Cristobal. After just one full year as the Canes head coach. The clock starts on Mario Cristobal. So much so that if 2023 is a DOA dead on arrival season again, the conversation about whether or not you, you pay the big buyout for Mario Cristobal, it's a viable discussion. That's a viable conversation to have. Tyler Van Dyke might be leaving Miami and he might be headed to Alabama. It's not just rumor. It seems like there's meat. To this entire thing. If Tyler Van Dyke leaves Miami, is the clock ticking on Mario Cristobal's tenure as Miami head coach? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweet at us at KLV1063. That's 888-760-3776. We had this victory parade for Mario Cristobal. And what is there to show for it halfway through this offseason? Year one into halfway through his first full offseason. What is there to show for it? Tyler Van Dyke transferring? Because I can't think of anything else. Is the clock ticking on Mario Cristobal? Do we start that clock if Tyler Van Dyke transfers out of the Miami program? Canes fans, you keep telling me how the recruiting classes are going to come. Oh, he's going to recruit. He can recruit. That's his strength. That's his strong point. 
Uh, do we know he can develop them? I mean, you're getting bodied by the Knolls and the Gators. I mean, right the Knolls are rolling right now. <laughs> I mean, bodied. If Tyler Van Dyke leaves, do we start the clock on Mario Cristobal? I say unequivocally, yeah. 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. She's Jeanette Javier. The Dominican. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 106.3. From the Anajar and Levine Studios in downtown West Palm Beach, you are listening to Ken LaVica Live on ESPN 106.3. Tyler Van Dyke could be leaving the Miami program. By the way, this is a Miami program that in year one of Mario Cristobal, 10th in the ACC in total offense, 11th in the ACC in total defense, 11th in sacks against, I mean, I just, how has there not been like a single positive? Now, the recruiting, the recruiting is decent, right? Absolutely. Mario's recruiting has been decent. But here's the thing. The recruiting, Jenna, doesn't mean a damn thing if you can't develop it. That's where I'm like confused about. And I know it's a small sample size, but who has, who did Mario inherit that, has seen sizable improvement on Kitchens. either side of the ball. It would be Cam Kitchens. Okay. It would be the singular one that I think each Miami fan would tell you right off the bat. But yeah, that, that list is not long. Now, what he's done with the offensive line right now, they're currently set two five stars. I, I believe two freshmen that started the spring game, which is big, which is big in regards to development. Um, I, I God, yeah. this, is a, this is tough. I think skill position-wise is something that Miami's used to having, and that's what they're lacking right now. And they're also getting beat in the market for grabbing these skill players, whether it's the transfer portal, whether it's grabbing these kids out of high school. So that's, I have like 50 questions, dramatic, but like three. Um, when you have these two five-star freshmen, what are UM fans gonna do? What is this program gonna do? Wait two years for maybe them to develop and then you're gonna go to the transfer portal because everything else sucks? If you're rebuilding, you gotta play them right away. And they that's are, what I'm saying. They so, are playing them right away. I think I think the judgment with five stars is they're going to be quick, they're going to be good before you know it. This doesn't take long for guys like this. Okay, because I did it. I knew UM had a terrible season, but what you said, like 10th in offense in the ACC and whatnot? Yeah, 11th I didn't know defense. they were that bad. Yeah, it was just bad. It was bad all the way around. So, uh, again, we're talking about a guy who was signed to a 10-year, $80 million contract. $80 million contract. So, if Tyler Van Dyke leaves, and this is a guy who had a first-round draft grade two years ago, and now he appears as if, He's ready to leave the program. Do you think this is all NIL money, Stone? Do you think this is all uh, frustration over an NIL deal? I do. I don't think this has anything to do with the staff, anything anything socially. I think it has everything to do with NIL-wise, and I think, you know, me and you spoke about this earlier, but it's time for him to put himself back in that conversation of being a first-rounder. Like we talked about, you know, last season, being having the fourth shortest Heisman odds before that season kicked off potentially being a first-rounder and potentially leaving after the season, after a good season. So I think this has everything to do with getting back in that conversation of being a top-caliber and an NFL-caliber quarterback. I think this has to do with all of that. Now, we want to be realistic. This kid's sitting pretty when it comes to money. I don't know how much more money you want. Like, where would the frustration be? Like, that's where I don't understand, unless uh, a middleman from a different university has, has promised something significantly larger. Sure, but where you would then take your mind, if it's not NIL, 
is the timing of all of this, right? So we just finished up spring ball. Yeah, it's, this is extremely inconvenient for Mario Cristobal and company if he transfers now to a point where it almost seems purposeful. Vindictive. <laughs> right. Yeah, right. Vindictive, right. So if, if you leave after spring ball, just anybody, right? It doesn't matter who you are. You clearly don't have faith, confidence, or you're not comfortable in that situation going forward, like preparing for the season. Because if you go through spring ball and you like what you have, you think you have the pieces and you're confident, I think you'd care a little less about the money and you'd be okay sticking it out. I am a casual UM fan. Mm -hmm. So my question is, Tyler Van Dyke, he seems a little a-holy about all of this. He sounds like he's in it just for the money. I just don't know him enough. I don't know him enough to. But well, given like what is it, ten, ten, five thousand dollars for a ten-minute interview, whatever. Two thousand. Two thousand, which is terrible. And now you're saying that he's probably going to Alabama because Uh, Alabama's reached out. According to the Miami Herald, according to Kane Sport, actually, Alabama is reportedly one of the schools that would like Tyler Van Dyke services. Because would he get the starting position in Bama? You would think so. That would be the assessment. Alabama would not bring him in if that were not the case. Someone close to the program uh, sent the following to us. Okay, Someone whose whose opinion and whose sources we trust. This was in a text message before the show. Back in December, Notre Dame was a rumored program talking with Van Dyke and eventually ended up with Sam Hartman. Now Tommy Reese at Alabama has reignited things, having already explored the possibility of linking with Van Dyke after the 2022 season. Uh, Tommy Reese was the offensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Now he's at Bama. Nobody took the Alabama job between Jalen Milrow and Ty Simpson. Bama has Van Dyke thinking hard. That's what this person sent to us before the show. So Alabama, it's not a sure thing. But Alabama certainly keeps coming up, right? Yeah. So, Jeanette, put put it, put yourself in a uh, 20, 21, 22-year-old's mind right now. So oh you gosh. have what we think may be the one window where these kids can take advantage of the wild, wild west and create generational wealth. Mm-hmm. One, hard to turn that down. Who knows if I'm going to be a good, sustainable NFL quarterback? thousand let, percent. Let me go make a couple million dollars so I'm okay. Mm-hmm. Two, let me get back in the conversation and be a first-round quarterback and go play under a guy like Nick Saban instead of trying to carry this program. Not that he was the one carrying it, but he will be the main source of success, you would think, going forward this season. So there's a few of these things that Van Dyke, realistically, you got to think is fair. So, from again, what I think is we're going to learn a lot about Tyler Van Dyke given what he chooses here. I, I Listen, I don't blame him, and I, I don't think, though, that there's any... The way as vanilla, as bad as the offense looked and the concepts worked last year, and obviously you're, you've switched OCs, you're trying to fix that, but I get, if I'm Tyler Van Dyke, past the NIL stuff, I get him feeling discouraged by the direction of a Mario Cristobal-led offense. I do. That concept last year, that did not work. That in part, it wasn't all Cristobal, but don't think Cristobal didn't have a little bit to do with just how boringly bad that Kane's offense was. I've been wholly unimpressed with Mario Cristobal, and I know it's only one full year and a half an offseason into a 10-year deal, but if TVD leaves, don't you have to start having conversations about whether or not this is the right thing? This is the same guy in Mario Cristobal, and this is my biggest hang-up. It was, we're going we're gonna to come in here, we're going to coach him up, we're going to get back to the Kane style. And then losses started piling up. We're in a rebuild. We're in a rebuild. Like, that drives me most crazy about last year than anything. If Tyler Van Dyke leaves, 
do you at least have to start the clock ticking on Mario Cristobal's tenure at Miami? 888-760-3776. 888-760-3776. Tweeted us at KLV1063. We'll take your calls on the Canes. Tyler Van Dyke possibly entering the transfer portal when we return. She's Jeanette Javier, the Dominiqueen. I'm Ken Levick. I'm live on ESPN 1063.